The following conversation originally aired on The Point on KPOV 88.9 FM, High Desert Community Radio in Bend, Oregon. Airing weekdays at 9 a.m., The Point is a half-hour, locally-produced show focusing on people and events in Central Oregon. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of The Point, Central Oregon's premier community affairs program. I have always admired clever titles like Oversimplification Made Easy, The People's History of the United States, Stupid Reasons People Die, and Muscles in Minutes, one of my favorites, just to name a few. We're going to discuss a truly unique concept where all of the participants benefit, and as you may have guessed, it has a clever name, Furnish Hope, where the concept really fits the name and everyone benefits. Megan Martin, founding director of Furnish Hope, is with Paula, my favorite half, and me, your host, Steve. Stick with us and find out how the mission fits the title, Furnish Hope, and some truly great people help others find their way out of some stress-filled times into a place they can call home right here in Central Oregon. Now... On to our guest. Furnish Hope is a great concept coupled with a very beneficial service for all the participants involved. A real story of generosity providing home and hope. Welcome back to The Point, founding director, Megan Martin. Thank you so much, Steve. It's a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate you inviting me. Well, it's it, we've had you on before and it's always a pleasure to have you on. You know, one of the first things you should probably tell us about, after all, I've mentioned it, is the mission of Furnish Hope. And how did it choose you? (laughs) Well, the mission of Furnish Hope is to literally bring furniture and other essentials to people in need throughout Central Oregon that have nothing at all. To ensure that people, they realize that they're not alone, that they're seen, and that they're cared about. And uh, to show up with a trailer full of furniture to turn an empty house into a warm, welcoming home for those that are starting over and have absolutely nothing. I think that we tend to forget those of us who have had the good fortune of never having to struggle, how much home furnishings mean to a home. Oh, it's everything. I mean, you you really don't want to invite people over if you are just in an empty place and you just have some bags of clothes on the floor. Once again, and we talked about it earlier before the program, connection is is a real factor in dealing with these difficult situations that people end up in. And it's so nice to know that your, I hate to call it a business because I can't, it doesn't seem to fit that title. But the connection that's involved, you genuinely care about the people you are serving. And who are those people? Oh, we absolutely do care about them. And I think you'd be surprised to know that they're your neighbors. They're right down the street. There's a lot of people that are going through unexpected things, and it just happens out of the blue. It could be the loss of a loved one. It could be a medical catastrophe. It could be a natural disaster, a fire, something that hits their home. Just last week, we furnished a home for a family that came from Ukraine. They were refugees. They barely escaped with their lives. And everything Everything before they left Ukraine, their life was pretty much put together. And when they ended up having to flee and, and they came to Bend, they came barely with their lives. I mean, they, they just escaped. And they're starting life over, not only from scratch with everything in a home and needing to provide for their kids, but they're in a new land, a foreign country, and they're trying to learn the language, they're trying to navigate everything else. So the scope of who we're serving, it's... Um, it's it's really mind-blowing to consider who out there might need 
help who out there might be starting life over. It can also be those that are coming out of recovery, those that have um, lost everything because of addiction and then they've turned their lives around and they're starting fresh, but they're starting fresh without community, without their friends or family around them because of what they've gone through. And so we get to step in and fill that gap. Yeah, I don't think uh, most of us who always had a, a good situation understand what a bad situation feels like. And as we hear about how many refugees are created worldwide, it's nice to have direct contact with somebody who you know has benefited from what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about the growth, which is <laughs> quite impressive. Wow, the growth the growth has just been unbelievable and we I just want to say thank you to the community. Thank you to everyone in Central Oregon that has um, stepped in to be a part of Furnish Hope. The growth that we have seen has literally just exploded from a vision of 22 homes that we would furnish in in year 1 to furnishing 191 homes in 2020 furnishing 373 homes the following year and then just this last year we furnished 572 homes we've seen that the need is out there and um, not only is the need out there but the resources are out there the furniture actually is out there it's in every one of our homes it's um, in our linen closets it's in our kitchen cupboards and we actually have more than enough to go around and so it's just been incredible to see not only as the need has continued to grow and increase, but the donations just continue to flood in. And um, I, albeit that this time of year, people have not started cleaning out their cupboards yet. And so I would petition that if you haven't started, please do, because this is the time of year that um, we need donations more than ever. Well, I think one of the things we can safely say is if you're doing the right thing, things tend to work out. (laughs) (laughs) We've certainly seen that. It's been incredible to see, honestly, just one miracle after another when we... When we see a need and we start to feel like, gosh, are we, is this going to be able to be met? In fact, yesterday we were we were preparing um, a trailer full of, of furniture for um, a young mom who has a three-month-old. And she was moving into an apartment and had nothing. And as we were getting everything loaded up and ready to go, somebody stopped by. And um, now we don't typically take baby items, but this person stopped by and she actually had baby clothing for a three-month-old and a six-month-old. Isn't that amazing? It is. That's the kind of thing that we get to see. It's really incredible. That's what happens when you're doing the right thing. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's hard to imagine, but I think uh, that grander sense of community, and one of our DJs here brought up a term that I think is absolutely stunning. It's called radical responsibility. And I think that's where we all need to go, is to become radically responsible. And kudos to you you've done just that and i know it took a lot of elbow grease to get where you are well i appreciate that and i i when you say you the you is the you it's the big you of this community because it's each one of us listening to that voice deep inside that's saying say yes say yes to something and you know what i'm talking about when you when you feel that nudge in your deep spirit, in your inner soul, that nudge to um, to step in and contribute, to be a part of something. And it usually comes with that feeling of, this is a little terrifying. I, I'm not sure what I'm doing. I don't know that I'm qualified. I don't know that I'm the right person. And I would just say, trust and lean into that. And that is that radical responsibility. It's leaning in and saying, yes, I will be a part of something. 
Yeah, the first time I heard that term, it really struck a nerve in me, and it was in reference to kids. And I think what you're doing for the parents of kids like you just talked about is so important for those children to see. And, you know, I don't think any of us understand the wide-ranging effect of almost everything we choose to do or not do. Right. It's... it's uh these little acts of kindness and love and reminding people that they're seen and they're cared about can have a ripple effect in in changing generational cycles, right? Absolutely. Yeah, well, and I, I think that uh, we're at a point where we need to do everything we can to support community because we know that there are bigger stresses possibly coming along and the more connected we are, the better we'll do. That's right. So having said that, how can the community get involved? Well, I'm so glad you asked that question, Steve, because Furnish Hope would not exist without the community. There's five things that it takes to, to, to ensure that we can be furnishing 10 homes a week, which is a lot. So obviously the first one is volunteers. And I would say that right now we have so many people that have, that have come through our doors to volunteer. We are incredibly blessed. We, we are looking for a few people that are really heavy lifters and could potentially drive a truck and trailer. Um, but for the most part, we have really, really solid teams. They're incredible. And we're so appreciative of all of our volunteers. And and once we have the volunteers, then we need the donations to come in. And uh, January, February, March, it's pretty slow receiving on the donations until the warm weather starts to hit. So start cleaning out your cupboards and closets. Bring us, um, we need everything from pillows to twin size comforters to kitchen essentials. And the number one need that we have are dressers. We literally need probably 20 to 30 dressers on a weekly basis in order to help people be able to stay organized and functional when they move into their home. Dressers are really important. Outside of donations, we need transportation. So we were able to add two trucks to our fleet in the last two years. And our goal is going to be adding a third truck in this coming year. And our fundraising event coming up on May 11th is a great way to get involved and support us with some of those program expenses and to just help us raise funds. So that's that's one of those other things that all nonprofits need, all businesses need. And we're out there doing an incredible thing, serving our community um, with this mission. And we need people to step in and say that they want to be a part of it by um, helping us with our fundraising efforts. And so that can either be by attending our auction, which is coming up on May 11th at the Seventh Mountain Resort. It's called a charitable event. Take your seat, a charitable event. Um, and uh, if, if you haven't bought a ticket yet and you can't attend, we really are looking for businesses that would say, yes, we'd love to donate something so that we can have an incredible auction and raise a lot of money to keep our program and our mission going. Yeah, there's no question about it. And I, I want to mention too, hats off to all your volunteers. One of the most stressful things humans can do is move. And moving furniture... <laughs> can be very challenging at times and then very easy. So, you know, the volunteers that show up and do this, my hat's off to them. I think one of the things I least like is moving. <laughs> I agree. Who, who wants to sign up to move? And we're so, we are so fortunate to have volunteers that um, it literally will take a, about 14 hours from when donations come in to when they get organized, cleaned, put away, and then the process of being able to pull together what a family needs and get that packed, get it loaded into the trailer and get it delivered. So consider that 14 hours 
per home that we're delivering, and we're delivering to around 10 homes a week. That is a lot of man hours, and there's so much attention to detail and care that goes into it. And they're doing it over and over and over again. They're just incredible. Well, I think that's the case with you know most situations that require volunteers. We may not be actually giving the credit to the volunteers that they deserve. Most most volunteers do it pretty silently, but I think we all as volunteers have found out, you know, the value of what we do is so enormous to ourselves. It's huge. And we furnish hope for those that we're serving by bringing real essentials that they need, things that drastically improve their just basic quality of life. But I believe that we're furnishing hope. We believe as a team that we're furnishing hope within the context of the community of Furnish Hope with with our volunteers. It is a community within um, all of the agencies that we're connected with. We are a community and we're all linking arms to better our community. You know, I want to I want to circle back to something that uh, we've talked about before, and that was your motivation to get involved. Give us a little bit about your inside story and how you ended up doing what you're doing. Well, I'm going to keep it short because I know that we uh, this is on this is live on air, and this story can can get pretty long, Steve, as you know. But um, I my motivation was really after going through something difficult, uh, a challenging season in my own life that was. Um, involved a lot of transition and a lot of soul searching and uh it wasn't some furnish hope wasn't something that i had as a goal or or a dream um rather it came to me as a vision and the prompt for it was when i got a text message from my church saying that there was um, a mom with three kids that was leaving a shelter and moving into a place and she needed everything and what I mentioned earlier about that, that voice deep, deep in your soul, right? And if you just listen within the human spirit to that voice that's deep within, well, that voice was inviting me to be a part of changing the story, the narrative for that woman and other women and other families to come. And uh, I've, I've shared this a lot. I, um, I wish that I, I would have said yes immediately, but I didn't. I was terrified and it seemed impossible and it was really scary. The vision seemed beyond what I could do. And eventually um, I did say yes. I thankfully saw the vision again a, a week later and um, realized what a gift it was to have that vision. And um, it was it was my saying yes to something that I could do. And then my partners, Deborah and Mary, saying yes to be a part of it with me. And then Stan and David, the first two volunteers, saying yes to be a part of it with us. And then the first 10 volunteers and now over 100 volunteers of people saying yes. And that's where it begins, right? Is, yep. is that, that radical responsibility to not ignore the nudging that's going on inside of you and to step in and say yes, even when you don't feel qualified, you don't feel like you have the resources, just say yes. Well, I think one of the hardest things for humans to do is actually step outside their comfort zone. And you're working the comfort zone from both ends, which is pretty impressive. So if, if you had to ask any single question of our community is there one thing that you would ask of them well i'm happy to entertain that question our vision is to see this region transformed right and i i guess my question would be does anybody else out there want to see our region transformed you cannot 
drive past the hurt and the pain and um, the challenges that are visible throughout our community and simply ignore them and wait for somebody else to do something. The time to do something is now and the somebody else is each one of us. And so my question would be, are you ready to see our region transformed? We believe that hope is what can transform people in a region. And we believe that hope comes through individuals like us loving on one another and doing what we can to serve. And it's all about community. So the question would be, are you ready to be an agent of hope? Are you ready for some some radical responsibility? Ask the question, what am I being called into? And be willing to say yes, even if you don't feel like you're capable or qualified. The rest will come. Yes, I have to say that uh, after working in community kitchens and a few other things, you don't have to know a lot. You just have to be there and pay attention. And you've obviously paid attention to Central Oregon as a community. Oh, let's mention Team Hope. Sorry. Okay, that's great. One, yeah, one last plug. Um, we, with the growth that we've experienced over the last four years, uh, we we've been able to build our team, and it's necessary in order to continue bringing hope and delivering to all of these homes and the amount of time and resource that it takes. We would like to invite anyone out there that's listening to consider being a part, partnering with Furnish Hope and joining Team Hope. Team Hope is really simple. It's just pledging to support us with a gift of $25 or more a month so that we can count on some steady fundraising dollars to come in. We want to stay focused on our mission and bringing hope, bringing furniture to those in need throughout our community. And we can we can do that when we know that we have the financial support coming in to keep all of these operations for the program running and going. So if you've thought about how you might get involved and you have $25 a month that you can commit to, to pledging to be a part of Furnish Hope, we'd love to invite you to be a part of Team Hope. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I can't do the math that quickly in my head, but it sounds like to me, if you haven't furnished a thousand homes, you're coming close. Uh, we did. We did. We actually furnished our thousandth home sometime in December, and that's a lot. That's a lot of homes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I concur. That's a lot of homes. You know, and I, I think it's difficult to predict how many people were in each household, but obviously it affected a whole bunch more people. And I think that's the most important part of all: volunteers, yourself, and the people that you've helped. That's right. It's always nice to work with the genuine and authentic people that show up here at KPOV. This is the caliber of programming that I think is so very important to Central Oregon. And I'm so glad that there are people like you that are involved in this community. Well, Steve, thank you for providing the opportunity and and just the, the platform to be able to share the work that's going on and really the lives that are being changed. You you said that when I said a thousand homes, it's really about lives, right? And it's Absolutely. about lives being changed. And whether it's our own lives for being a part of change and being agents of change and agents of, of hope or the lives of people that we're touching. So thank you for clearing out time in your schedule and on the on the airwaves to be able to, to capture a little bit more about our mission. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about contact information, how they can best contact you? The best way would be to go to FurnishHope.com. If you have furniture that you would like to donate, you can drop it off at our warehouse Monday through Thursday between 9 and 11 in the morning. 
We also are able to do some donation pickups, although our trucks and trailers are heading out doing deliveries to homes every day of the week. And we really encourage you to um, consider attending the event that we have on May 11th. We would really love to see you there. It's at the Seventh Mountain Resort. It's a live auction with dinner and dancing. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun and a really great way for the community to get involved. And businesses that are out there, we're going to be asking for donations. And so if you have something in mind, we just love for you to consider that. Well, I want to thank you for being here and hopefully things will go just as well in the future as they are now. Thank you for being with us today. Megan Martin. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, go to kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.